VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep, the application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs. Just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. tuning into Romancing the Pod. You had a set hello. I'm Paige Wesley. I'm Mikey Randolph. And I'm Todd Schlosser. And this week, I made you guys watch Before Before Sunrise. Sunrise. You're welcome. And so I watched this movie when I was probably a little bit younger than the main characters are in this movie. Uh So well after it came out. And um, I was in a different place in my life, and I thought this was, like, (laughs) the height of romance. And uh, upon rewatching it now, I think for, like, the second or third time, I legit had not seen this movie in 15 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not awesome. (laughs) <laughs> no, yeah, it's not. I, I think I think it I think it's a movie of its time. Yeah, I still love this movie, but more for nostalgic reasons. And, and I know it has two sequels, and one recently came out. I would have yeah. to see them to see like what they do to put that in perspective. Because I mean, I feel I'm gonna empathize with you, Todd. As someone who picks that. movies that they've watched when they were young, and they make yeah. everybody watch them, and then you two attack them repeatedly and make me feel like a bad person <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Hey, I, hey, I, hey, hey, hey. You're the one who picked a movie about a guy fucking a fish. Go ahead. And Mike, I've known you years. You are a bad person. Yeah. (laughs) There's a case to be made, I guess. But I mean, (laughs) I'm not on trial here. Not anymore. No, I am. Your movie is. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) But I mean, I mean, I think it kind of captures what like, quote unquote, love feels like at like 23. Yeah. So like that's and that's when I saw it. So like when I saw it, I was like, holy shit, this is what love is. Right. And I feel like when you're the age of the people in this movie, that is what you think. And then you just slowly realize that that's real dumb. And so I was <laughs> I was watching this movie uh, last night and today because I fell asleep watching it last night. Um, yeah, because it's that boring. Todd, do you know how many times we have had podcasts where you've been like, Paige, this movie is too slow and boring and it sucks. And I was watching this today and I'm just like, Todd has no legs to stand on ever to ever call yeah. a movie boring. Oh, again. come on, Paige. They talk in different locations. <laughs> Thank you. This is just full disclosure because I've never had to do this to any other movie we've ever done. I, at a certain point, started anytime they would stop to have conversations, skipping ahead because I was like, I'm missing nothing. I am missing absolutely Uh, nothing in this movie. Then you watched 10 minutes of this movie. No, I, I started doing that at the like hour 15 mark. So I, I, I skipped through, I would say... 
about half of the last three big conversations. I just want you guys to know that it feels good not to be on the hot seat. I knew Paige was coming in, locked and loaded for this. Target Todd. Target I've been, Todd. I've been down for it. I've been excited about it. I will say, I will say, there is a subgenre of romantic comedies that I like, which is like two people meeting up randomly and spending a night together, like Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. I love this, Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. Before we go, there is a genre of movie, some are better than others. I, this one's a, a beloved classic by critics, by the way. Yeah, but, I mean, it is. I am not defending it. I am just throwing out stuff <laughs> for Paige to bat down. No, okay, here's, here's what I will say. The cinematography in this movie is phenomenal. The acting is great. The acting's fucking great. Like, they are long, long, and they are just killing it. Yeah. I, I love both of them. Yeah. Just nothing happens in this damn movie. I do think it's realistic for how this scenario would feel. Like, if this happened to you in real life, that's kind of what would happen is you would just kind of walk around and talk with somebody all day and, you know, sit in cafes or whatever. But God, is it terrible to watch. Like, oh, my well, God. Let's talk about this. I think it really captures, I mean, there are people you can meet sometime that you immediately connect with yeah. that make you feel really good and kind of re-energize you for life. Sometimes you end up dating those people for a long time and it's like immediate connection. There's sparks, all that stuff. And then sometimes it's like this where you just like meet, you spend the night together and you're like, man, that made me feel so much more hopeful about life because I was had the ability to connect with someone or it kind of like your like <laughs> cutesy conversations you have with your significant other. It feels great for you, and it's very intimate, but, like, if someone else read your conversations with yes. you, like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> no, that is, you were exactly right, because for the people in the situation, yeah. it feels very intimate, it feels very affirming, and it feels super amazing. But then for us, we're just like, so are they just going to talk for an hour and 40 minutes? What is, why am I watching this? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> like dinner with Andre, but they're walking. Yeah. Some of the yes. best romantic <laughs> nights of my life have just been, Talking to someone for many hours, walking yeah, around, same. having great conversations. Walking around the Parthenon yeah, and yeah. sharing a first kiss. Yeah, absolutely. Are, are, are Todd and Natalie talking at, at talking at Waffle House? It's, it's a good example for him. I mean, he, he felt yeah. like this. But that's those are personal experiences that are like, if you had your friends watch them, they would be like, this is fucking lame. Yes, yeah. So it's hard to make a movie like this and capture that feeling. I think the movie is trying to do exactly that, is trying to capture that essence and mm -hmm. that feeling. But it's just, and some of the conversations they have are just the most navel gazing pretentious bullshit i have ever heard oh you mean like 23 year olds i know but yes like, exactly but that feels I mean, very real to me yeah that feels <laughs> no so the romantic side of me loves this film and then like the same mikey cynicism the cynical older side is like oh these poor kids yeah like i can tune back into how i felt watching this when i was 22 and fully <laughs> this time still loved it but then like my old man brain is like shut up this is dumb you know better but we okay but to be honest, even us, you two in serious relationships and me dating, because there is, believe it or not, sometimes I meet someone and connect like this. Oh, I'm sure it lasts a night, Mikey. Like, <laughs> this movie seems like your dream scenario. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think part of, part of why I disliked this so much is I have no frame of reference for seeing this in my 20s. I didn't see it in my 20s. I didn't yeah. see it in my 20s. I watched it for the first time fucking today in a healthy adult relationship. Oh, well, then you're never going to like this movie. Yeah, having been to Europe as a young person, not like a few years younger than the people in this movie, but Did you like, fuck some rando Calrissian you met on the train? No, no, I didn't. Uh, I, I had a crush on a boy that was on our tour with us, but like, 
And I have fond memories of walking around Rome and stuff with him and our friends, but like, I wouldn't want to watch that now. <laughs> like, I don't want to sit through it. <laughs> no, I, mean, I mean, that's the thing. I, I, the, I have to be in a romantic mood. to watch. I, There's a movie I love called Before We Go, which is kind of like this, but with Chris Evans. Well, I, I mean, you had me at Chris Evans. Yeah. Yes, we will do that film. And, uh, but I mean, I have to be in a, like a really sappy romantic mood because just like if someone found your stupid love letters to you and your significant other and they read them out loud, you're going to be like, oh, I really love these, but yes, I get it. Yeah. So I appreciate it for what it is, but I'm really more appreciative of Paige attacking Todd throughout this podcast. Thank you. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> but I will have no defense. It put, it, it put me in an increasingly bad mood because... <laughs> I got through the first like 20 minutes of this movie and then something happens. I'll talk about it when we get to it. And it gave me something to look forward to in the film. And then it never happens. So the longer the film went and the more I was like, never going to get to Paige wanted to see that cow. I did. Yes. yes <laughs> I did. And once I, when I, I, and the longer the movie went on, I was like, we're not, we're never going to see this play. Are we fuck this movie? And my dad was watching it with me and he was just like, when are we going to see the play? I'm like, I don't know, man. I'm also waiting for the play. No play. I would like to point out that Paige's mom came on to the zoom call before we started recording to tell Todd that this movie sucks <laughs> <laughs> with the express purpose of saying such. She was very sweet. She was like, Hey Todd, it's going to see you. This movie sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I felt very loved, but very hurt after that. I wonder where Paige gets it. <laughs> Maybe we should just get in this movie so we can talk about and break down exactly why Paige's mom didn't like it. I'm going to be real with you. I'm not sure exactly how much we're going to have to talk about in this movie unless we literally rehash their conversations, which I did take notes on. Except for the last three that you skipped through. Yeah, because I was just like, I can't. <laughs> At a certain point, it's a lot of the same over and over and over again. And it's just them talking. But we'll get into it. We'll try. Okay, I will say I would like to go to Europe and maybe be, fall in love for a night. Mikey, I feel like you only fall in love for a night. <laughs> but Mikey, you should go to Europe. I've only been to the UK and I would love to go to Europe. Let's go to Documenta next year. It's in Germany. Let's do it. I want to see the Northern Lights. That you have to go way north for that. We could go to Reykjavik, though. Yeah, why don't we go to uh, Sweden and hike the King's Trail? Nope. Let's go to Sweden. Pass. I bet we. Ha I bet there's some people in Sweden that would put us up. I bet you know someone specifically. <laughs> <laughs> I did have somebody uh, for Cult Podcast offer to give me a cheese tour of Europe one time. I don't think that means what you think it means. I don't think it does either, but I'm willing <laughs> to take that chance. <laughs> Sometimes you got to roll the dice. They're like, I'm bringing Jake. Hope you don't mind. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into this fucking movie. Let's do it. So we start out with some real boring credits and then <laughs> train tracks yeah. and shots of the European countryside over the rest of the credits. So like the first few main credits of like who's in the movie are just black screen, white text, and the rest happen over... Basically, the view out the windows on this train. Yeah, it's like European countryside on the train ride from wherever to Todd, wherever. Todd, how many college girlfriends did you make watch this movie? Well, I only had one girlfriend in college. Well, that explains that. So, one? I don't know. If you had, maybe you'd have zero girlfriends in college. <laughs> so, part of the reason we're seeing these shots out the window is because we will find out that Ethan Hawke's character has basically just been riding the rails for weeks staring out the windows. Yeah, he's sort of been homeless, I guess. I have some money facts on it. Uh, nice. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So he's been experiencing homelessness in uh, Europe as a tourist. Experiencing bougie tourist homelessness. Yeah. Or as you could say, 
backpacking. Yeah, he's backpacking. Sure, sure, yeah. He's unintentionally backpacking is what I would mm-hmm. call it because he did not plan to backpack, and yet here he is. Yeah, but you know, unbeknownst to him, his girlfriend was cheating on him, so he had to flee where she was and find a new mm-hmm. place to go across the country. And I get I it. I believe you love this movie. <laughs> did you guys know that Todd had a, a person cheat on him across the country and he moved back? <laughs> I think my favorite part was when he showed up in Spain to meet it with his girlfriend and she just had a room full of mannequins and he was like, what have you been up to? (laughs) (laughs) Cool, cool, cool. So we cut to the inside of the train car and there's a German couple arguing loudly and we see Julie Delpy sitting and reading and we see Adam Goldberg cameoed as the guy asleep across from her. Oh yeah, I know that guy. Yeah, he was in Dazed and Confused. Yes, he was, which was also a link letter. So also in the same train car is Ethan Hawke looking out a window. And the Germans are loud and arguing. And the lady German just snatches the newspaper at one point. So Julie Delpy kind of moves away from them to try and get some peace and quiet. And she ends up sitting across from Ethan Hawke. He looks across at her. The couple walks out of the train car and he turns to ask her, do you know what they were arguing about? And she shakes her head no. And he says, do you speak English? And she's like, yes, but my German isn't good. So I don't know what they said. I'm sorry. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, they launch into this like, have you heard that as people get old, they start to lose the ability to hear each other. Men lose the ability to hear high tones, like the way women speak. Women lose the ability to hear low tones. And they theorize that it's how people grow old without killing each other. (laughs) And they ask what each other are reading. Yeah. And no sooner have they answered that the Germans are back in the train car fighting again. Yeah. And so Ethan Hawke says, I was thinking of going to the lounge car. Do you want to come? And so she agrees to go with him. And they basically sit in the lounge car talking where we find out that she went to school for a year in L.A. And she's been in London. That's why her English is so good. And he is American and has tried to learn to speak French and is not very good at it. Yeah, he tried for four years in high school and speaks almost none of it. Like, we see him attempt it later and he can say, like, the bare minimum. He talks about trying to get a train ticket and the phrase he's trying to say is, un billet s'il vous plaît, and cannot do it. Yeah. Uh, So he ends up just speaking English because, as you will learn if you go to Europe, pretty much all of them speak English. It's the most one-sided, ridiculous thing. And somebody actually makes a joke about it in this movie. Yeah, the cow guy. He literally says, do you want to speak German for a change? For for a change, yeah. (laughs) And he's like, I don't speak German. He goes, yeah, no shit, or whatever. That guy's so great. I love him. It's great. That's why I was so mad we didn't get to see their political play. (laughs) I'm sure it was going to be amazing. Um, A biting satire of cows or whatever. Of like Central European geopolitical concept. Join the movement. (laughs) (laughs) We also find out that Julie Delpy is on her way back to school in Paris at Le Sauban after visiting her grandmother in Budapest. Yeah. And that Ethan Hawke is getting off the train in Vienna and is flying out of there tomorrow. And he's kind of cagey about why he's been in Europe, where he basically just says, oh, I had a friend to visit in Madrid, so I got a U-rail pass. But he does say that the trip has kind of sucked and it's been nice just looking out the window. Yeah, sort of being a ghost, like traveling, not really having to worry about anything other than himself. Like, I get that. That sort of makes sense. Especially after going through sort of what he goes through. Right. What he's gone through. He then pitches an idea for like a cable access show. That is terrible. It's basically the Truman Show. But as he was like talking about it, because it's basically just a one hour at a time documentary of just 
day-to-day life. But it's not like the Truman Show because it's not following the same person. It's like every yeah, day different is a, people. a different person. And that would be terrible. You would get no time to connect with like who the person on TV is and understand context and shit like that. <laughs> it would be terrible. What was the movie with Matthew McConaughey about the reality show? Oh, Ed TV. That's uh, a rom-com, actually. My yeah, thing. we've got to do Ed TV. <laughs> I haven't oh, seen God. it, honestly. I, I remember the poster for it. I do remember the poster for it. Yeah. That movie's really good. I doubt it. Uh, yeah, that, I find that extremely hard to believe. You can't talk, Todd. You picked this movie. This movie's fantastic, Mikey, in a very terrible way. <laughs> um, what I will say is the more that he has this conversation about this terrible TV idea. The more you hate him? A, yes, the more I hate him. <laughs> but B, the more I was like, I think Linklater is obsessed with this idea. Oh, yeah. Because that's basically yes. what this movie is, is just the quote unquote poetry of day to day life. But then also he did kind of the same with Boyhood and then he made two more of these. So like he's obsessed with this concept of mundanity. Yeah. But okay, even if he is, this is not a mundane day. This is a day that two people fall in love, which in any measure is if not a mundane day. If you believe that they fall in love. They never say that they're in love. Oh, okay, here's the thing. There are two sequels that would suggest that yes, they end up happy together. If there were <laughs> if there were not two sequels, I'd be like they never speak to each other again. Paige, I have seen both the sequels. They don't end up happily in love. Okay, good. They probably should have never spoken to each other again. <laughs> it's it's honestly, we'll, we'll, I'm sure we will watch them. God, I hope not. <laughs> the later ones, like I connect with more now because okay. it's more accurate to what, like especially the, the third one. Are especially. they this inane? Yeah, so like you're- They're uh, another night of them talking all night. Okay, okay. That, well, I mean, one's movie. called Before Sunset and one is called Before Midnight. So they just go to bed earlier and earlier. It's a so- <laughs> It's, it's, I'm, I'm with Mikey. If that'll make it shorter. As long, <laughs> and, and as I've gotten older and older, the earlier and earlier I've gotten to bed. <laughs> it's It really is about a day that is like, will we'll forever change your life with this one person mm. in your life is what these are about. But that is completely the opposite of his thing. The, this is not mundanity. Well, I mean, but we there is a lot of mundane stuff in this movie. I think Paige there is. is right yeah. about but if this that, was like, truly a, a film about the mundane, this would be him riding the train, staring out the window all day. Hear me out. If this was a well-plotted film, something that was really engaging, things would happen to them. They'd have adventures during this day, and it would be that one day that stands out. They'd go see that goddamn cow. Yeah, they'd go see that goddamn cow. <laughs> Literally nothing happens in this movie. That's the mundanity. Yeah. Uh, they kiss. They do more than kiss, baby. I could kiss anyone, right? I could walk out on the street, grab a dude and kiss him. Maybe it's a weird day, but nothing happens in this movie. That's the mundane. And it's the reality of what would happen if you just met someone out on vacation because you can't just make adventures happen necessarily yeah. the way they would in a movie. But that, And that's kind of the mundanity that he's displaying here is just like nothing that extraordinary happens but then i'm just like why am i watching it for an hour and 40 minutes i mean nothing super extraordinary happens except for this chance meeting it's like a perfect storm of you know they were both in a place in their life where they were looking for something or in the later movies it's other things that bring them back together i sort of like that element of it because it is very mundane but they are having these very big moments together 
Yeah, the connection is yes. the big moment. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, it. I will say, Paige, it doesn't mean it's a great movie to watch. No. Yeah. Well, and I think part <laughs> of the problem for me is that I, I, I like her more than him, but I don't even like her that much. Like, I don't like them as people. I especially don't like him. He can jump off a bridge. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize this until this time, and largely because Natalie pointed it out early in the movie. She's like, he's negative about everything. He's insufferable. And that is that is so true, but I did not recognize that until this watch through. You know? Yeah, he's not only insufferable, he thinks he's brilliant. He does. And it's the combination of the two that I'm just like, oh, I would have gotten back on a train very soon. I might not have even gotten off this train with you. <laughs> like, And she's on the opposite because he's the ultimate cynic. She's kind of the ultimate optimist. Yeah. But in doing so, she is unrealistic. And so I'm frustrated with her as well because I'm just like, you have this idealized version of life that doesn't exist. Yeah. And that's what you're basing your life choices on. And so the idea that the two of you are somehow this magical match made in heaven is not only annoying and boring to watch, but also unrealistic. Like they don't end up together in my mind ever. Well, they don't end up together in this movie. Yeah, they shouldn't. But I mean, like, okay, so when I was 22, I was a genius, too. I, I, it took till I was, like, <laughs> later in my 20s to realize that I'm an idiot. I'm not saying that anyone should ever be, like, the Ethan Hawke character in this movie, but I felt that way when I was 22, for sure. I was like, the band's gonna make it, Dad. <laughs> yeah no I, well, I just i feel like the movie paints this out to be this kind of idealized form of love and i'm just like oh i don't get that vibe from it now i just feel like they painted a picture of what it was like to fall in love when you're fucking 22 you know yeah which is very like superficial yeah. and like mm -hmm. and honestly maybe superficial is not the word but it's not it's not super no, superficial deep. is the word it's okay. incredibly superficial you know but i mean so was i when i was 22 <laughs> but i mean even their conversations aren't i mean they're they're not super super deep i mean they're they're kind they're they, 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 they get deep they are extremely deep conversations for people who are not very worldly Yes. You know, they are very mm -hmm. uneducatedly deep conversations. I mean, all, all of their conversations are basically, I think this, I think this. Did you ever think about this? Sometimes I think about it this way. Yeah. Move on to the next cafe. Yeah. Like, that's this whole <laughs> movie. We really should have gone to see that cow. <laughs> Damn it. I want just a movie of that play. I want a spinoff of just them Putting together that play, the final performance, it would be like Hamlet too, but way more political. <laughs> anyway, so they're they're in the dining car. They're talking about kind of she's talking about what her parents wanted for her and and her future, and he talks about how he thinks his parents were lying to him and kind of passive aggressive about his ambitions in life. And then he talks about learning about death and seeing the ghost of his great grandmother. Yeah, through like a hose or whatever. A hose, like the rainbow, like the light refraction in a Yeah, hose. and that's like the moment she calls back to when she was like, I think that's when I started to fall for him. And I was like, oh, okay, that's cool, all right. <laughs> To me, it just smacked of that, like, he's so deep. He's so deep. Oh, my God. And he saw a ghost. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I was just like, adult me is like, he's not deep. He's unemployed. Move on. <laughs> yeah, but she's not an adult. I mean, she is an adult. And he's an adult as well. But they're, like, very, very young, early adult. And I know a Facebook group full of people that would be totally into hearing about a ghost story on a train. 
Um, Same, same. But I also at the same time would be like, how crazy do I think this person is? I mean, that's fair. (laughs) But if that person looked like Ethan Hawke, I don't know that you'd say no. To hearing about a ghost story? No, I'd I'd hear your ghost story. Yeah, Pretty much no matter what. My dad and I, as we watched this, formulated a couple different headcanons for how this movie would have been better. Uh, And one of them was that he's a con artist and he's just, all of it's a lie and he just lies to women on the train to get them to pay for him to basically spend a day in whatever city. Holy shit, that would be amazing and I want to see that movie. Like a Frank Abagnale from Catch Me If You Can type of thing? Exactly, because Catch Me If You Can is a great movie. Well, it also takes place over a bunch of years and, you know, it's about a real person who did some amazing shit. My dad met that guy one time. And he used to do, like, motivational speaking all the time. Yeah. Dude's amazing. I love Frank Abagnale. So uh, this next scene, or, well, it's a continuation of the same scene. She is talking about how she's afraid of death all the time. Yeah, same. That's why she's on a train instead of a plane. Yeah, she's talking about how, like, I know it's safer or whatever, but I can just see myself falling through the clouds, and I just don't want to put myself through that or whatever. Well, yeah, and she's specifically afraid of the few seconds of consciousness before you die when you know that your death is imminent. Yeah, that sounds terrifying to me. It does. But as they're having this conversation, (laughs) it turns out that they've reached Vienna, which is his stop. So he has to get off. And he says, I wish I'd met you earlier. I like talking to you. Yeah. And he leaves, but then he immediately gets back on the train and is like, I have an insane idea. I want to keep talking to you. I don't know what your situation is, but we have a connection. So you should come with me. Walk around Vienna and then get back on the train tomorrow morning. I don't have any hotel money and I was just going to kind of walk around. So if you if you're down, basically, like, come with me. And she's like, why? And he's like, 10 to 20 years from now, maybe you're married and you're going to question, you know, who you could have made different decisions with. It's a really weird roundabout way to try and get her to go. I liked it because he's like in 10 or 15, 20 years when you're with your husband and you're not happy. You don't want to look back on this moment and wonder what it could have been like had you got off on the train with me. You want to learn now (laughs) that I'm not a great guy and you're much happier with your husband and life at that point. I like the way he positioned it. Like, listen, I'm doing you a favor by showing you how I'm not a great guy. <laughs> no, I mean, I like that. I like yeah, I that. Thought it was, I thought it was great. Good sales pitch. I mean, it works. Decent sales pitch. They get off. But also never do this. <laughs> like, this oh, is yeah. a no, this terrible is fully decision. going to sex traffic you. Oh, yeah. This is the beginning <laughs> of Taken. <laughs> and unless your dad's Liam Neeson, you're not getting out of this alive. Oh, my yes, gosh. Yes, because, like, modern day, she gets off the train. And then the next scene is just like, I have a very particular set of skills. That's that's what happens. Yeah. Don't talk to strangers. I mean, his goatee is very disarming. <laughs> I hated his goatee. Oh, my God. I, I know it's very of the time. And like at the time, it was the height of fashion and, and hotness. But like no one looks good with a goatee. I've decided this. And if you want further proof, uh, let me show you this picture page. Are you ready? Oh God, that's bad. <laughs> oh, I forgot that you were. I forgot that you were Pee Wee Herman and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah, so you that's... do look like Pee Wee Herman, though. Yeah, uh, I grew one in college, and it was I. I wanna see it. <sighs> Hold on, I'll send you a picture. Oof. Oh, let me let me find it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> here we go. Let me send it to y'all. Okay. It doesn't help that I'm wearing a white T-shirt in this selfie. Oh, Mikey, you look oh, like no. you're about to go on to your WWE debut. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea you worked for the Russian mob, Mikey. <laughs> oh, wow, Mikey. 
Uh, Even you look unsure about it in this, <laughs> in this photo. You're taking the selfie and you're like, where did I go wrong in my life? <laughs> <laughs> so many, so many places. <laughs> yeah. You should have never gotten off that train, Mikey. You should have gotten back on the train and then back to the barber to shave off the rest of that <laughs> So uh, we find out that his name is Jesse and her name is Celine. Yeah. Because uh, they don't really, it never comes up again because we're just listening to them talk to each other the rest of the night. Yeah, there's no need to, for them to introduce themselves to anybody else because they don't talk to anybody else pretty much. Except right. for the world's nicest bartender. That dude is an idiot. That business is going to go under. <laughs> He's right? a very generous guy. Horrible business owner. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they walk around Vienna, uh, but they're there late enough that most stuff is already closed. Yeah. And as far as like museums and things to go see. Yeah. And they're kind of, I, I did appreciate in this part of the movie how they kind of are like, they've agreed to get off the train together. And they're kind of walking around and they get kind of like a stall in their conversation because yeah. it's a little awkward. It's and I super think awkward. They don't really know what to do. Um, and this is where they run into a few guys on the bridge yeah. who give us hope for what could have been <laughs> or what and then could never be. was or what could be. Yeah. But they ask him if, if they speak English. And this is where we get the can you speak German for a change? No, didn't think so. <laughs> I love how he's like giving him shit for like every other tourist that he's had to talk English for. Well, the Germans had right. their chance to get other nations to speak German. Let's not go down this road. Oh, wow. USA. <laughs> <laughs> Goatee Michael says, <laughs> USA. Oh, yeah. So this is where, and they tell the these two German, well, or Austrians, we're not sure. We don't get to spend that much time with them. Uh, they tell them that they're on their honeymoon as a joke, basically. And they tell them that they're in a play and we'd like to invite you. And it's about a cow and Indians searching for it and politicians. Well, actually, it's an actor in a cow costume. I play the cow. Yeah. And I just like, as they're <laughs> describing the play, I just have in my notes, like, I want to see this play yeah. so Go bad. to this play. The cow can fetch and the cow makes And like, smoke noises. between yeah. its hooves. <laughs> yeah. It sounds amazing. I mean, it sounds like really bad community theater. That is also amazing. Like, yeah, if this movie had just a whole half hour of them sitting through a bad community theater <laughs> production, here for it, here for it. It's one of my favorite uh, scenes in Hot Fuzz when they cut away to like them doing Romeo and Juliet, but it's Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet because it's got the like, da 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 da, love me, love me. I want that in the middle of yeah. this movie. I, I love that you. Found a way to work in an Edgar Wright movie to this movie. So if you guys had it on your Damn bingo straight. card, take a shot. Take a shot. So here's the other crazy thing. As the night goes on, they actually get to the part of Austria where the play is, and they still don't see the play. Yeah. And I'm just like... I know. I wanted to see it, too. I wanted to see they were too busy falling in love, Paige. So they get on a bus, and they're kind of asking each other questions. He asks her... This bus scene is, I think, the most impressive shot of the whole film, because it's like four or five minutes of just one take yes. one camera mm -hmm. shot one take on a bus like that's nuts yeah and with them so naturally having a conversation with yeah. no missed beats yeah i agree and so good a lot of people think this movie is improv but unlock a fun fact it is not no it's not at all oh. this movie was heavily scripted and rehearsed for months in order to do this. I think they shot it like a play, though. Like, they rehearsed a lot. Yeah. And then they they just knew it so well, it was like acting a play. 
which sort of makes sense because it does feel like a two-person play. It does. <laughs> Although it would be insufferable as a play, too. You may have this as a fun fact, but I think this is based on something that actually happened to the director-writer. It is, and yeah. I will talk about that more in fun facts because okay. that's a very sad story. <laughs> well, I mean, so is this on some level, but we'll get there. So he asks her about her first sexual feelings towards a person. She talks about a guy that she met at camp who was a swimmer. Right. She asks him about love and he kind of shortchanges her. He doesn't really answer. He gives kind of a bullshit answer. I do want to say that she talks about how the swimmer guy she had sexual feelings for was a very sexy dolphin. And that's two movies yes. in a row where people have fantasized I, about having sex about with fish. Too. Yeah. Yeah. He sent her blowhole pics. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey never send her blowhole pics. I don't have one. Oh, we'll okay. see about that after an afternoon at Texas Day Brazil. If you had <laughs> Texas Day Brazil on your bonus bo oh bingo God. card, the free space is Texas Day Brazil. <laughs> yes. And it's just a green, like the green, like. Cue card thing. Yeah, the green like, goat. The green goat. Keep goat. putting me yeah. on my plate. Yes. Oh man, if we if we get to go to Nashville in August, we are absolutely going to Texas oh, Day Brazil. Hell yeah, we are. Reservations. I'll make them right now. Get get on an open table. <laughs> <laughs> he talks about uh, having crush on Miss July nineteen seventy eight. Although Miss remembers who was Miss July nineteen seventy eight. Oh Fun yeah. Fact. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, I, I, he says Crystal, right? Doesn't he say Crystal? He does, but it is actually... Oh, uh, someone actually looked it up? <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's ridiculous. Okay, cool. Uh, he, so Jesse mentions the wrong Miss July Playboy playmate. He refers to her as Crystal, but Miss July 1978 was actually Karen Morton. Oh. Not someone named Crystal. Cool. I yeah. mean, he was too busy having a good time to remember the person's name, so it's, it's fine. We've all been there, Mikey, right? We've all been there. <laughs> He asks her about what things really piss her off. She says being told to smile by strangers. Same. Yeah. Uh, and that people don't care about a war going on around them and that the media is controlling our minds and that people fetishize her for being French. And I was just like, that's a lot of feelings for one person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I could sort of see all of those. Like, I could see how, because yeah. I've, and I've never had to deal with the whole, like, creepy old men telling me to smile because I'm a guy and that's just not something oh, that I happens. Hate no, I, I bet. Like, that would, that would drive me like crazy. That. Yeah. I, don't I mean, like strangers telling me anything. Oh, I, as a, a grown adult woman, I swear at people who do that to me, where I'm, I'm like, I'm not even going to be polite about it and just walk away. I'm going to tell you to fuck off. Yeah, if I met a French girl on a train, she would never have hooked up with me or had a day with me because I'd be like, we should get some French bread. <laughs> French bread? I like the French fries. But if it was back when Mikey had a goatee, he'd have been like, fuck you, they're freedom fries. <laughs> <laughs> I'm if truck nuts were a person. Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. I can't help can't help what I look like. I can't. It's. I mean, uh, you can shave the goatee off, Mike. I, I have not had a goatee since then. Same. There's a soundtrack to that photo, and it's just, <laughs> can you take me higher <laughs> to a place where I have a goatee? <laughs> hey, can I tell you a fun story about Creed really quick? Yeah. Yes. They were really big from like early 2000s to like mid 2000s. 2012, they were going to play a show at a very small club here in town, and it got canceled due to lack of interest. Damn. My band was going to open that show. Scott, stop. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's just funny to see a band go from literally like the biggest rock band in the world to like, oh, wait, are they still doing it? Oh. Well, he's like acting now and supposedly he's pretty good. Really? He's been in a couple different things. No shit. I mean, good for him. I don't know anything about him, really. I do think if we got a biopic of Mikey's life, it would be played by Scott Stapp with a goatee. No, I don't like that. <laughs> and then there'd just be this like pivotal Scott Stapp scene where he's just like, a forklift took my foot. Because that's what that face looks like. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get back on topic of the uh, of the, the film that Todd picked. I that do we like that like. we are sh- we still find a way to shit on Mikey when it's my bad pick. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You, you should have thought about how much you wanted us to make fun of Todd before growing that goatee. <laughs> I mean, his goatee picture looks looks very bad it's honestly worse because <laughs> <laughs> it's a produced picture that's a headshot that's true yeah. that was the first picture we took uh after we got signed i don't want to talk about it like it's- so what mine looks like a farmer's only profile picture that's fine <laughs> <laughs> a farmer's only profile where your main harvest is pussy <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh man, we're only like 20 minutes into this movie. Uh, so, yeah. So he goes into this thought that he had on the train, which he tries to describe his like weird reincarnation belief, and it makes no goddamn sense. I couldn't nope. follow what he was saying Not at, at all. all. Yep. And he's I just like, you. "That's why we're so scattered. It's a scattered thought, and maybe that's why it makes sense." And I'm like, "Oh no, it does not make sense." Yeah, but that's some shit you would say at 22, trying to cover for like something that clearly does not connect to any sort of reality. But I, I will say, I sort of get what he was trying to say. It just doesn't make any sense. Like he was saying, if reincarnation is a thing, and we all started as like a thousand people, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of years ago. Mm. Like now we're 7 billion people on the world or whatever. Like if there are only a thousand souls, we're all just fractures of those thousand souls. I sort of get what he's saying. It's just like nonsensical and weird. Well, and and at what point does reincarnation start? Because at one point there were only like one person. Yeah. What came first, the soul or the egg? Yeah. That makes as much sense as what he says, which is why (laughs) I think it makes sense, Paige. (laughs) <laughs> um, no I know. This, I know this is some shit people say on shrooms this is a conversation better suited for an outdoor music festival and not an award-winning film yeah this is what you would say at a grateful dead concert <laughs> this is the thing that the person across the counter at the dispensary says to you and you're just like can i go now oh my god i just came here for pot <laughs> yes can you give me my change so i can fucking leave yeah. damn yeah i don't know how, how long do i have to talk to todd's goatee picture before i can get out of here <laughs> I, I like how you're trying to throw my go- goatee picture onto the bus so we'll stop talking about your farmer's only profile pic it worked it worked uh... <laughs> mikey 316 <laughs> do you smell what the mic is cooking now <laughs> <laughs> you guys need to stop messing with my WWF Attitude Era <laughs> goatee. <laughs> so they go to a record store. They go in a listening booth. They listen to a record in the record store. Then they go to... This whole thing is very understated at the beginning because you can tell in this listening booth that they like want to kiss each other, but they're not They're not doing it. They keep like right. looking back and forth. And like whenever the other person looks and they catch each other's eyes, they look away. It's sort of cute in a very young love kind of way. It's full on twee shit. Like it's it's them being like, ooh, edgy. We like the same records. It's vinyl, even though CDs are totally already a thing in this time. 
but we're going to stand in this old listening booth and look at each other longingly for way too long. Yeah, it is the height of romance, Paige. How dare you? No, I mean, honestly, in this time period, CDs were still expensive, weren't they? I don't know. It was 94 or No, 95? it was 94. Um, I, I had CDs. And in 94, you could still sign up for that Columbia music thing that would put everyone in debt. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, Columbia House, yeah. Yeah, one of my good friends signed up for that when he was like, 15 yep. got i don't know a thousand cds and never sent them any money and they could not do anything because he was yeah, underage the company folded too so like yeah so he just got like a thousand cds for free nice he's still nice. a next level scam god i love this dude he's one of my favorite <laughs> people in the world even though we don't talk as much he's a good guy he'll always be a brother to me i mean all i have to say about this scene is that i feel like this is a scene that people think is romantic yeah like it's an idealized version of this is something that's romantic. But then I also like think about like I'm married to someone I love and we have a great relationship and a healthy relationship and we hung out at a Quiznos on our first date. <laughs> so like I feel like these kind of idealized versions of romance just don't resonate super well with me because I'm just like. This is boring. There's not even sandwiches here. Natalie and I's first, we weren't even dating. Like, I wouldn't even call it a date. We just met at a Waffle House to talk, and we talked for, like, a long time. Like, hours and hours and hours until early, early morning. Like, we met there at, like, a, I don't know, oh, 10? Sunrise? No, I mean, honestly, we talked until, like, 3 or 4 in the morning. We met there at, like, 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. Talked to, like, 3 or 4 in the morning, and then went home and text until sunrise. I have fully done that. Yeah. And I feel like that's way more realistic than what we see here. Yeah. I think this is just like, ooh. I mean, I'm not hot. saying these types of things can't also happen. It just, it's not right. required to find no. actual real adult love. Plenty of Girl has made me listen to bands that I was just like, this is really neat. Oh, yeah. No, I've had I've had situations like this where I've literally <laughs> said to a woman, oh, wow, I didn't realize Hoobastank had this many albums. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's the worst thing that it, uh, a potential partner or whatever has made you listen to so okay i'll start because i'll give you time to answer because i don't as you may know from listening to these podcasts i don't know anything really about music much at all no you don't yeah we know it yeah. is a, it is a gaping hole in my pop culture knowledge i like some music <laughs> i can't tell you what the Paige, the i love you so are. much because that's why i was laughing too <laughs> yeah, a gaping blow hole of pop culture knowledge <laughs> But Paige, I honestly can't answer that question as to what's the worst thing anyone has made me listen to, but I can answer for every girl I've ever talked to and made them listen to anything, and that band was Todd's band. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, so uh, they'll like make me listen to stuff and they're like what music are you passionate about and i'm like whatever's on when i hit shuffle man whatever comes up i like it you know it's yeah, like, yeah yeah i'm into music's it. cool and they're yeah. like so you're just not passionate about it? i'm like i'm really into movies which i know it sounds weird to you but like to me like, this is my perspective yeah i do think at the end of this maybe we should talk about like what we would have talked about if we were on this sort of adventure with someone like new in our lives okay yeah because i would not have talked about the shit they were talking about i mean like we would have talked about shitty movies and stuff that, i mean that's honestly jake and i's first date we spent most of the day just driving around and wandering around places and it was mostly shitty movies and then we found antique stores and went into antique stores yeah, nice. and like that sounds like fun it was super fun so yeah. was your first date like hella long too it was all day yeah we, yeah yeah so we like started at Quiznos and then drove around and hung out and went 
antiquing and it started raining and, you know, we kind of drove around. And then we ended up going to dinner with my parents. Oh, that's right. He met your parents on your first date. That's <laughs> right. I remember that now. Yeah. And then I dropped him back off of the train. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. So you you legit lived the story with Jake. And yeah. That's, and that's why uh, it worked out. In a out. day. And it, it, I don't want to watch the video of it because I'm sure it's as boring <laughs> as this. But to you, it's like the most exciting day ever. There have been more exciting days. It's a great day. Yeah. But like, sure. Even within our relationship, I would say there's more exciting days. Well, I mean, you guys are married. So I'd imagine like when you got engaged, that was more exciting. And, you know, when you got married, hopefully that was a very exciting day, you know? was a monday no i'm kidding yeah like no it was a great day yeah 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 yeah. yeah i mean really? i would have known that had i been invited Paige. well we didn't want your stinky goatee i didn't have a goatee at that time now my i couldn't very... predict todd you're a loose cannon you could have a goatee at any time oh my god am, yeah. I, the, am I the charlie of the podcast <laughs> if anything Can't mikey read. is the charlie of the okay. podcast okay good good, good. i'm the dennis yes. you're the mac that's it's fair. fine doesn't quite know how to handle his sexual feelings towards men. I get that. That makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Secret sociopath needs their tools. That's me. Although I do have some tools, Paige. So I like to bound and be bound. I feel like uh, everyone has a little bit of Dennis in them. <laughs> if they're lucky. <laughs> we should probably move on. So they walk through like a palace sculpture garden. Uh, They see a little rabbit in the park. And then they walk through this graveyard that she has visited as a teenager. And then they just muse about death for like 15 minutes. Yeah. As you do. They go to the Prada, uh, which is this big Ferris wheel, kind of in the midst of an amusement park. And they're looking out over the city. And there's a sunset and the Ferris wheel. So they end up making out. Yeah, this is where they kiss for the first time. It is sort of sweet. Like, Mm -hmm. if you're going to kiss a stranger that you just met, it's like the perfect way to do that. On the top of a Ferris wheel at dusk, you know. I'm going to say the perfect way to do it is hanging upside down in the rain so she can, like, peel your mask. Wow, you're going to go Spider-Man 1? They weren't strangers. They knew each other from high school. Yeah. (laughs) Have you ever Spider-Mun to kiss somebody? You know. I have, yes. nev- I have never spider-kissed a person. I absolutely have. I have too. What? On purpose? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What? Like, <laughs> yeah. Let me just put it in a PG scenario. Like, she's sitting on the couch. You walk up behind the couch. She looks up at you, and you, like, lean over and oh, kiss her. Oh, yeah, yeah. I meant, yeah. like, hanging upside down. No, no I've done that spider. off the couch. I've hung upside down on the couch and asked for a kiss. And I was like, <laughs> And, Mikey, I still feel weird about it. <laughs> Team couch. (laughs) It's called Spider-Men, the sequel. (laughs) Spider-Man on man. I think my my first kiss ever was with a person I met that day at the beach during the sunset. It was nice. Wait, was this It was was a dolphin, Todd. We've established (laughs) this. She was a nice girl. Human. A human girl. <laughs> then she wanted me to swim with her out to the ocean to the mermaid. <laughs> to get murdered in her mermaid village. Her mer castle. We see them go through the amusement park and kind of like dance to the music playing and kind of walk around and they're talking about their parents, how she's like, my parents are rebels and then kind of became squares. And then he's like, my parents didn't want to have me and then eventually got divorced and it's made me into the rough person I am today. Well, I mean, I feel um, like that's a pretty see that. common thing, especially for yeah. children of their era. Like their mm-hmm. parents would have been kids in the 60s. 
Mm-hmm. And that's sort of what the 60s were like here. Yeah. You know, everyone was a rebel and then everyone got super conservative and destroyed America, you know? Yeah. And we also talk about her grandmother, how she learned that her grandmother had had feelings for someone else her entire life and yeah. never got to realize them. And he's like, and eh, romance is bullshit, though. And she's like, um, excuse me, Mr. Kiss me on the Ferris wheel, you hypocrite asshole. <laughs> She doesn't quite say all of those things, but she does say, you know, we just yes. kissed on a Ferris wheel at dusk. You clearly have a romantic bone in your body. At least one. I could feel it against my leg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we cut to them sitting at a cafe where they see a palm reader who comes over and gives Julie Delpy this very long, like, you're on a journey to womanhood speech. And then looks at Ethan Hawke and is just like, you're fine, I guess. <laughs> and then, like, goes on with her life and then is just like, we're all stardust. <laughs> and it's just weird. He gets pissy about this, which I thought was ridiculous yeah. because. Yeah, he did not pay the palm reader and she still gave him a really quick sort of reading like that. They both pay her. They both hand. Oh, her money. I didn't see him pay her. Yeah. I thought it was just her. They both hand her money. Oh, yeah. well, then I would be pissed, too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can't get that. I mean, like he gets he gets overly mad about. It. Oh, I agree. Yeah. But she does call him on it later. She does. Uh, we cut to them looking at a poster for a, a George Seurat exhibition that they're not going to be able to see because it's coming in a couple weeks right and she talks about how she's seen one of the paintings before and stared at it for like 45 minutes and at that point i was like is she okay though because like (laughs) that's a long time is it like one of those magic eye pictures where it becomes like a schooner or whatever (laughs) why was she staring at it for 45 minutes it is Syrah, which means that it, it could have been pointillism, which could have, you know, maybe. But like, what's the pointillism of it? <laughs> Expressionism. <laughs> anyway, so. Thank you, Mikey. You get me. They try, they go inside a church <laughs> at night. The ceiling's beautiful. And they talk about her grandma and how she kind of feels like an old woman inside. And he feels like a 13 year old boy. And they're like, it's weird that we kiss, though. Like, old lady, 13-year-old boy. And then he tells her this weird story about, like, Quaker weddings. And I was like, we read a lot about Quakers for cult podcast, and I don't ever remember reading about this. So now I have some homework to do, apparently. Oh, where they just sit on the altar and stare at each other all day, and then they're married? Yeah. It's an hour. But, I mean, still, that's a long time to sit and not talk, at least for me. (laughs) Yes, I'm married to my therapist. (laughs) (laughs) He then, he also tells her this story that he tells it like it's a funny story of his friend who's an atheist and they're driving around and he offers he leans out the window and offers a person experiencing homelessness a hundred dollars and is like do you believe in god and the person with homelessness is like yes and he's like wrong answer bye and i'm like oh your friend's an asshole well she even sort of says that and he goes yeah but here's the deal there's no way that was his friend that was 100 no. percent him he was like yeah my my friend yeah my friend did this my friend friend did this wangy, wangy. And, but like it was such a gross story where i'm just like dude you should be helping your fellow man regardless of what you believe and yeah. if you have a hundred dollars to shit on whatever why not what do you care what that person believes they they are experiencing homelessness and you have resources to share you have Put some me means dick. yeah so they kind of talk about like what would you have done if I hadn't gotten off the train and she says that she's always anytime she's dating somebody she feels like she's plotting strategy when dating someone which is that something that people do like I that did not resonate with me at all I thought that was weird I think that's what people I think that's what younger people do it's not healthy 
Yeah, I would say it's an unhealthy way to approach a relationship. Yeah, I've always tried to be just hyper myself, especially with somebody new, because if they don't like that, then it's never going to work. I think that took a long time for me to learn. Yeah. Uh, And I think once I did, I was infinitely more successful. Yeah. Dating people. Yeah. Vulnerability is hard, man. It It is. I would joke around a lot more. I I didn't like talking real talk. But I'm naturally like a very silly sort of dumb really dumb person to be around we've noticed and we're wondering why you haven't been wearing the helmet like we asked (laughs) (laughs) that's a different kind of dumb but still i do have the helmet Um, (laughs) i I think you've i think you've shown growth and vulnerability i mean because i'm the same way where i can joke and keep people at a distance by making them laugh and like being funny and stuff like that yeah yeah yeah. you you know when i'm dating someone i rarely am as i'm still silly but like when you're in the get to know you phase there's a lot of moments of like very serious conversation like this is my life blah 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 blah. and then like i'll joke around like the joking comes later because i want to like be like this is the real me mm-hmm. all the other stuff is just like nice dressing yeah absolutely mm-hmm. and mikey may i say it's very nice dressing but except for that goatee that's the dressing <laughs> is ranch if it was if it was a dressing it would be fat free ranch <laughs> when uh natalie and i first started seeing each other like one of her earliest fears was that I was too like extroverted and stuff because I am very naturally silly and funny and stuff and I do like even when I go out sometimes with people I'm not like genuinely myself because I'm just trying to make people laugh and have a good time and smooth things over and just like whatever it's fine and then when I go home I'm very very chill very very quiet normally so like she was worried that because she's very introverted that like if we ever like lives together, it would she would just hate me because she thought I would always be bouncing off the walls and stuff. And you were like, no, you'll hate me. But there's so many other reasons. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll give you better reasons to hate me. Have, have <laughs> you ever been with someone who comes to bed in jeans? Because <laughs> you're about to be. <laughs> Honestly, Mikey. OK, so this is way too much information about our relationship. But like when we first started like living together, she literally bought me sweatpants. Like she bought me like Gymshark sweatpants and I love them. I'm wearing a pair right now, but she bought uh-huh. them because she's like, your obsession with jeans is unhealthy <laughs> and really it's destroying funny. this relationship. So we get to a point where he's asking her like, what about me bothers you? And she has to admit basically that she didn't like his reaction to the palm reader. Yeah. And they run into a person on the sidewalk who basically offers to write them a poem for money and they have to give him a word and he'll write a poem about that word. And the word that they give him is milkshake. And they have a conversation about like, did we almost just have a fight right there? Like what's going on? And But while they're doing that, all I could think was how hard I would laugh if this guy came back and was like, I have your poem. Let me read it for you. My milkshake, my brings, milkshake all the brings all the boys to the yard. And they're like, oh it's better than yours. Hell yeah. <laughs> but no, instead he, he brings them this weird tone poem that's not nearly as good as Khalees' classic milkshake. Well, I mean, there's a reason she's wrote a hit and he did not. Yeah, he's yeah, a street poet. Because she didn't use the phrase limousine eyelash. Yeah, what is that? Uh, what is any of this, Todd? You picked this movie. I don't know. Todd, what is it, Todd? What <laughs> is only, it? <laughs> the only thing I learned was the that. Hide the romance like, page. I was like, oh, are God. you guys going to be scammed by every person on the street to give them like yes, $5? Yes. 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 And as someone who has been to Europe and walked around, one of the first things I learned was don't talk to anyone on the street. Yeah. <laughs> they are They will instantly know you're American and find a way to take your money. <laughs> like, just don't talk to them. <laughs> and if you think about it, he would have had plenty of money for that bottle of wine had he not gotten taken advantage of on these streets. 
Yes, absolutely. He also at this point has this weird rant about not liking technology because it saves time, but people never use that time. And she's like, time is a flat circle. Don't worry about it. Carcosa. Yeah. Carcosa. <laughs> the Yellow King. Don't believe. <laughs> Goatee Michael talking here. Yeah. Goatee Michael's wrestling name is the Yellow King. Yeah, I'm going to put you in the Carcosa. <laughs> I'm going to pee my pants. That's why they call me the yellow kid. <laughs> <laughs> um, they, they decide to go into a club, uh, which has a terrible open mic going on, but they still clap. She buys him a beer and they play pinball. And he's like, well, I know we haven't talked about this yet, but do you have a boyfriend? And I'm like, how is this just now coming up? Well, they even sort of say that. They're like, I don't know why we haven't talked about this already because we fully have yeah. made out already. But yep. And we find out that she had a bad breakup and potentially wrote a story about murdering that guy. And it was so detailed and effective that her therapist thought she was going to go through with it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I sort of love this because she was like, I swear I wasn't going to do anything. And I'm, I'm going to take her at her word on that. And then she was like, but I am terrified that he's going to die in a weird accident and I'm going to be like arrested. Real talk. If I was her in this conversation. I would have been like, I, I would never. I was just writing about it. Don't worry. I buried his body like 12 feet under. Nobody's going to find him. I would never. I would never. <laughs> That's just the kind of humor I have. But the, like, I guess they didn't want her to be fun. <laughs> I did date a woman who uh, said I would never a lot. And I learned that that means that they definitely would. <laughs> never have I ever, Todd, cheated on you with a mannequin. Oh, no, it wasn't. <laughs> it, it wasn't her A. And it wasn't about like it, it was about good things, Mike. Never have I ever uh. shaved off a man's goatee in his sleep. <laughs> Side note, I have no idea what happened to your goatee. <laughs> Why is your woman Fran Drescher? <laughs> because I have a differentiate it from like my voice. I don't know. Mikey, your goatee. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Sheffield. Um, but yeah, no, it wasn't like a I would never cheat on you type situation. It was like a... Oh, she watched you play Xbox? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sex box. Oh, man. She's like, I'll never watch House 2. And I was like, never say never, baby. Never say never, <laughs> baby. I would never quit this podcast, Mikey. Uh, I'm going to murder you Highlander style. <laughs> and I know Mikey's done it once, but remember, I've got a body count. Yeah, she's done it like four times. She's more powerful than me. Yeah. Armando's a fucking ghost. <laughs> a big dick on TikTok ghost. Oh it's God. all balls. Side note, somebody at Cold Podcast was like, you're just jealous of, of Armando's bulge. I was like, no, man. I said expect. I got a small dick, and that way if they see and they think they're happy with it, they're just like surprise goodness. Yeah. The bold sets up a lot of expectations for people that you got to live up to. Mikey, what you're saying right there is the reason I tuck. <laughs> God, no wonder you jog so weird. Oh, my God. Paige is like lost it. She is away from the mic. I Because I've seen some like... Here's the thing. Do you mean... I mean RuPaul's Drag Race, yes. Okay. Yes. I, I'm like, do we mean Buffalo Bill where we're doing it for just a minute or two? Or do we mean... Oh, no. Tuck it and tape it. Tuck it and duck it, baby. Tuck it and <laughs> duck it. Uh. <laughs> oh, I've seen people do it and it does not look comfortable. No, it does not. Even when I did drag, I did not do that. It just seems so painful. Uh, Yeah. Oof. Anyway, uh, this is where we find out that he came to visit his girlfriend in Madrid and she was cheating on him. And he tried to find the cheapest flight out. And the cheapest was 
from Vienna weeks away. And so he's been riding your rail ever since to just kind of chill out, basically. Yeah. Um, this story doesn't really check out to me. Well, it's also not true. We find out later it's not technically the truth. I have money facts nice. on it. Later, he does say that he could have gone back sooner, but he didn't really want to go back and face like the mm-hmm. quote unquote. I'm not sure if he says humiliation of what happened mm-hmm. just yet. He wanted some time to himself to sort of get over it. And then he was going to go home. So that's why he didn't go home right away. Right. We cut to them walking outside and he's talking about what in my notes. I just listed as breeds of fuck monkeys. <laughs> These monkeys fuck, Paige. Yeah. I don't know about y'all, but these monkeys fuck. fuck. Yeah. And this is where we have some conversations about feminism that did not age well. It's like when a man writes a woman badly, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Here's what's terrible. Women wrote some of this dialogue. Wait, really? Oh, no. Well, I mean, it also was 94, so we're talking about a movie that is now over 20, almost 30 years old, you know? Yeah. So. And it's it's this whole section of conversation that's just like, men be like this, women be shopping. Like, it's just ridiculous, <laughs> stereotyped, misogynist nonsense. Uh, and they eventually just decide, they're like, I don't want to have this conversation anymore. And they stop and watch a belly dancer. Yeah, I mean, when your two main characters are, like, acting the dialogue and then say, I don't want to have this conversation, maybe cut that scene. Yeah, like, I don't want to <laughs> listen to this conversation. Yeah. That's like, we didn't hear their conversation about, like, their favorite shoes either, because they, they cut that one, too. <laughs> like, question, what's your favorite pair of shoes you've ever had? I've got this weird thing where my baby toe is like bigger than my big toe. Don't don't worry about it. Also, I have webbed feet. Wait, Ooh. where are you going? Are you a mermaid? Because Mikey's into it. <laughs> Will you come back to my mer castle so I can kill you and eat you for a bountiful harvest? Check. <laughs> check, check, please. Two separate checks. We cut to a restaurant where they're basically sitting and having fake phone conversations with their friends. I thought this moment was cute. I thought it was very cute. Oh, I hated this. Oh, you hated hated it? Really? Paige, of course, hates this. Of course. This is the dumbest, most trite nonsense (laughs) I have ever heard. I agree with everything you just said. Still sort of love it. I, oh God. (laughs) This is one of the ones that I did not skip through. And after I finished it, it was like, Wish I'd have skipped that. <laughs> I was oh. just like, Ugh. You're going to get so much shit for skipping swaths of this movie. Don't care. If this movie didn't <laughs> want me to skip it, shit should have happened in it. <laughs> oh, my God. You sound like Todd. You sound like Todd cannot. The fact that Todd is critiquing you about this kind of stuff is hilarious. Because <laughs> Todd would be like, this is without a doubt the worst movie I've ever had, and I never should have seen it in the first place. These scenes are stupid. You could have cut 47 minutes from this. <laughs> I will admit, adult Todd would say, you could probably cut this movie. Yeah. (laughs) I I feel like I could cut this movie down to 15 minutes. I could, okay, Paige, I could cut this movie down to these phone conversations that they're having with their friends, quote unquote, because that's, they really hit all of the high level stuff that like you would need to hit for a movie. Like, hey, I met this girl on a train. We made out. She's real hot. I like her a lot. That's the movie. Because here's the thing. Nothing has happened in this movie. Right. For the most part. Two adults have kissed after meeting on a train. That's it. Yeah. And now we have this weird device where they're pretending to talk on a phone for no reason, telling us what we've just 
painfully sat through because literally nothing else happened to distract us from it. So at this point, I'm like, first of all, why are we spending 10 to 15 minutes recapping one of the most boring movies I've ever seen in the weirdest improv game ever? Like, what is happening? But what we're learning here is how they feel about each other. That's the new information in this scene. It wasn't new information, Todd. And (laughs) what is brought up is, are they going to try and keep in touch? That's what's new in right. this scene. I mean, that this is the first place that they they really kind of acknowledge the fact that that could be difficult. Mikey is loving, loving your hatred I, for this. He is like the emperor laughing and just saying, let your hate yes, flow. Yes, let the dark side flow. <laughs> anger. But th- this is the first place they really kind of address the fact that he is going to leave and they are going to have to figure out what they're going to do. And that's kind of the very next scene. They're in another cafe for no reason. I did like uh, when they are talking about their feelings and Ethan Hawke did say, I see Paris, I see France. (laughs) I can see your underpants. (laughs) God damn you, Mikey. I honestly thought for one second it was going to be like a, some nice, insightful, thoughtful like thing that Mikey had thought about while watching this movie, but no. I've been saving that joke, and I wanted to use it during the sex scene, but I couldn't make it. Much like <laughs> Ethan Hawke during the sex scene they cut out, you couldn't last that long. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they basically just take this conversation to a different cafe on a boat. Yeah. Uh, And this is where they really get into like, should we keep talking after this or should this just be one night? And they kind of settle on one night. Yeah. And then they go to the bar where they try to get the red wine, where they have to steal. You got one shot. One One opportunity. opportunity. (laughs) Mom spaghetti. spaghetti. Mom spaghetti. Yeah. It's all in the house. (laughs) Mom spaghetti. It's welcome to Italy. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) <laughs> that is not Vienna at all. <laughs> no. They so they go to a bar. She is in charge of stealing wine glasses. He has to convince them to give them a bottle of red wine for free. Easily the harder of the two jobs, but I get it. It's fine. There is, but he basically is like, if you give me the address of the bar, I'll send you the money. And they shake hands. The bartender's like, I don't give a fuck. I don't own this place. Have a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a drunk who came behind the counter. Um, <laughs> I think he just gave them like five dollar wine. Is probably the more likely yeah well because he doesn't give them the address that we see so i think he's just like fuck it go here take this i got this extra from the truck yeah (laughs) (laughs) this is my personal stash i make it in the bathroom don't ask questions (laughs) this is my prison toilet wine enjoy Mm, 93 very good year Uh, (laughs) (laughs) this wine's a bit nutty (laughs) uh so they're lying in the park (laughs) drinking wine yeah and talking about kind of those kinds of special moments where you stay up all night and watch the sunrise yeah. and who do you want to be with in that moment. And that they had had those moments in the past and they were not with who they wanted to be with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At least she says that. I don't think he does. But yeah, she says that. He says the person he doesn't want to be with is himself and he's always the one there. Right. Felt that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a stupid and contrarian thing to say in this moment. He's very arrogant. Well, yeah, he is very arrogant. You're right. But have you never been like at a party and for whatever reason, the spotlight hits you and you say something and it's not good. And you're like, fuck, uh, nope, that's never happened to me. Mikey, I've been there when it happened to you. You may not have realized it, <laughs> but it happened. Ignorance is bliss, man. <laughs> if I'm laughing, then it hasn't happened. 
Then it hasn't happened, Mikey. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, they're making out in the grass, which I'm allergic to grass. So this whole time I was just like, oh, no, itchy. Mm -hmm." Yeah. Oh, even if you're not allergic to grass, it would be itchy. I had I I had a a great first date with the next girlfriend where we stayed out in a field all night and drank red wine and watched the, the sun come up and made out. And the thing they don't tell you is I had so many chigger bites. Yeah. <gasps> oh, the next day, I was dying. They call them the itchies, Mikey. I've done similar things in my youth. Just like we don't have chiggers out here. And that's yeah. horrifying. Yeah, it's bad. They're, they They're itch the so Our mosquito bad. bites, too. I was like, it's it's right by the lake. It'll be beautiful. I thought of everything except bug repellent. Yeah, I bet it was beautiful, Mikey, but there's a reason she never called you again. We, like, dated for months, or months and months. One month. Exactly one month. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're not? Okay, then we're breaking up. <laughs> <laughs> so they make out in the grass, they get all itchy, and then they stop making out to talk more, because yeah. that's apparently what this movie fucking needs is another conversation. I sort of like Well, they this. have to take a cool-off moment. Yeah, no, that's true. Because they start making out, and then she says, I have to say something very stupid, and I like that she does this. She sets mm-hmm. a very clear boundary that she's not going to have sex with him. She doesn't want to be some, like, male fantasy of, you know... Some guy on a train meets a French girl and they have sex one night, never see each other again. See, I would have turned that around and been like, I don't want to be a fantasy of some French girl. Like you meet some handsome American on a train and use him for his body all night. And then he goes back to America heartbroken. (laughs) Why you drink your freeze cheese? (laughs) 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 I do love that they have already decided that they're not going to exchange phone numbers, addresses. They're not going to call. They're not going to write. And then she's like, I don't want to have sex with someone who I'm never going to see again. And he immediately goes, I think we should see each other again. I mean, that was pretty <laughs> He pulls the Team America and he's like, I promise I will never die. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that that was super accurate. Although, honestly, like, if we should talk about this at the end. But think about whether if this happened to you in this situation, you would want to talk to this person again. Yes, I would. I absolutely would. Maybe we, <laughs> we should save this for the end, though. I, I might have a different answer. That's fine. Uh, so they do end up sleeping together. Uh, and we cut to basically the next day when they're kind of laying at the base of a statue. And they're talking. It's the morning. Uh, they look down through a window at a harpsichord. And he was like, did you like my baguette? Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the weird thing was when uh, he finished, he was like, the girls. But then at one point, I don't know what that. I don't know what that was an attempt of. But God, I'm so glad you did it. They comment to each other that we forgot to go to the play, and I was like, "I know, fuck y'all." Remember that one thing we set up that sounded like it might be interesting? Yeah, we yeah. didn't do that one thing. Completely abandoned it. Yeah. They go to the train station and they decide that they do want to see each other again. So they're going to meet back there at six in six months exactly. Yeah, they take more time deciding where they're going to meet, what time they're going to meet, than it would be to write down someone's phone number or address. Yes. Yeah, like get your AOL email, 96. Go on, go on <laughs> it was 94, but I think AOL was a thing in 94, right? Like, yeah. So I they still. So. 
still early days, but they also could have used actual mail or the phone, like, you know. Write down her address or whatever, you know, yeah. or her phone number. But my God, them just being like, we'll meet in six months. I was like, will you? <laughs> Spoiler, no, they won't. Yeah, I I don't think they do. We should talk about that at the end, too. But like it's the one reason I want to watch the sequel to be like, how do they address this? Yeah, they say goodbye. And this is the point where my dad was like, what would be really funny is if he got back on a different train and just sat down next to another girl and started the same cycle. <laughs> that would be an amazingly cool sort of reveal, though. Like, yeah. I wouldn't hate that movie. I'd be yeah, like a little bit of like Kaiser Soze action. Yeah. We get like a weird slideshow of all the places that they went over the past like 24 hours. Yeah. We see where they had sex and they left the glasses and wine there. And there's just an old woman walking by it. Yeah. She's like walking past a used condom. <laughs> oh, it's nice that you think they used a condom. God, I hope so. This is like height of AIDS epidemic. I uh, There's no way. We see them on their respective trains and planes. And, and that's, that's the, the movie. movie. But they do smile. It's like, ah, uh, I'm hopeful about life because of this person that I met. Ah, uh, free peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what she got the night before, Paige. Mm. Yeah. So, okay, Paige, I know th- I know your answer to this is no, but have you You don't ever- need to ask me this question. I think everyone knows. Uh, wait, what, what question do you think I was going to ask? Having seen this movie, having talked about this movie, what are your thoughts? Oh, is what you normally no, ask. No, 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 no. I was going to ask a question about the smile that they have at the end. Because they do okay. They do both clearly smile at the end like the night meant a lot to them. Like they had a really good time mm-hmm. or whatever. Like I thought that that was pretty touching and nice. And I have had moments like that where, I mean, maybe not necessarily had sex with somebody. But like I had a really cool connection and maybe like we weren't going to see each other again or maybe it wasn't going to work out or whatever, but it gave me like a lot of confidence to have had that experience or whatever. Does that make sense? I guess. Like at a low point in my life, I've had experiences like this, admittedly not sexual, but like where I was like out and this girl who I thought was cool sort of took an interest in me and I was like, Oh cool. I'll be fine. Like life is going to be fine. I'll bounce back from this, whatever was going on in my life that was making me sad. And I felt like she even alludes to this right before they have sex. I think. Where she's like, you have no idea how badly I needed a night like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And no, I, I'm with I you. honestly, I really like that part of the movie, even though it's not really part of like the love story so much. It's just like they needed something and they got it from each other, even if it was a single serving sort of thing. It wasn't about long term love. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. about feeling mm-hmm. valued and valuable and like desired and stuff. And I get that because like if you go through bad, shitty breakups and they both have been through those. I feel like they get that from each other in this moment. And that in and of itself is sweet. It's not like great. Like I looking back, I don't like the movie as much as I did then when I first saw it, but I liked it. I I still sort of like it. I will admit it's like some of it's nostalgia for me. And I totally Mm -hmm. will own that. And Paige, all of your critiques are fucking spot on, but like, I still sort of like the movie. (laughs) I agree, and like I said at the beginning, I think that's why I like the movie is is sometimes you meet someone and you have like a good interaction and it kind of cheers you up, makes you hopeful about life. Yeah. And I think this movie captures that decently. I mean, I know that you've never, I guess you're saying you've never had a a one-night fling thing, but you do smile the next day. (laughs) (laughs) I I will say that I, the the closest I can come to something like this is I was like seeing somebody on and off not super happy with it and then went to do a comedy gig out of town with a friend and that friend and I connected with a couple other comics in town we all had a really good time and one of the guys was just like you're hilarious super funny see ya and nothing happened but I was just like 
oh, fuck the guy I'm dating back home. Like, screw that guy. Because clearly there are other options out there, even if they're not right here. Absolutely. And so I just went home and broke up with that other dude. But like. <laughs> that other dude right now was like, I knew it. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, so I don't know. I mean, but But I didn't feel great about it. I was just like this is it just reminded me that i stayed with something that made me unhappy for longer than i should have sure so i don't feel edified by these experiences if that makes sense sure yeah no i get that i, I get you i will say I, and i also think 90s romantic comedies have have not aged great yeah but i, I mean i do feel this kind of captures that early 20s like oh i've met someone and there's fireworks kind of mm-hmm. yeah and and i do really like it from the perspective of they both had bad breakups they had they're in a rough spot in their life romantically and they felt a connection with someone and someone took interest in them that like rekindled that oh shit i'll be fine i'll find someone i'll be fine mm-hmm. i'm a very desirable yeah. very awesome person in my own right Th- that last relationship does not at all define me right and stuff like that like i so when i first got back in town after what happened with my last girlfriend i started dating somebody and we went on like 30 dates and like never even kissed like we just went around talked we had like really great conversations and we just became friends but it started like on a dating app does that make sense yeah. It wasn't like a romantic connection. And I think we were both at a very rough spot in our relationships, if that makes sense. Like she had gone through a bad, bad divorce. I had gone through a bad, bad breakup. And we just like talked through it as friends. And it like really helped me like, oh, this person isn't my next romantic partner. Like this is not a love connection, but this person's awesome. She's going to find someone that's for her. I'm going to find someone that's for me. You know, but it made me feel more like someone's going to take an interest. Like, it's going to be fine. I guess for me, at a certain point, I got to a point where I was like, I am fine and my life is great regardless of if there is someone else involved. Does that make sense? Where I got to a point where I was happy enough being single that it didn't really have much bearing on my life if somebody took an interest. That's fair and honestly a much healthier spot to be in. But when, uh, and maybe this is just like a guy thing, but when what happened to me happened to a guy, I think. And Mikey, correct me if I'm wrong, because you're, I believe, also a guy. Um, Like that. Last time I checked. I'll check again. (laughs) Correct. Wow, he did just check. Okay, that's fantastic. So it does like really hurt your confidence. So when the next person does take an interest, you're like, oh shit, it wasn't that I'm not worth being with. Or whatever. Oh, I don't think it's a guy girl thing. I think I think when someone shatters you from the inside out with a breakup and you feel like, okay, this person has judged me like you internalize breakups. Yes. And they're generally not about you. They're usually about the other person. Or or mm-hmm. are both of you just not working yeah, together. It's just not but working you internalize out. it like it's something you did, I wasn't good enough, things like that. And right. it's nice when someone like sees the special parts of you again and you're like it's like, you know, you feel value you feel valued and seen. I think I think I think they I think feeling seen is an important part of a relationship. And when you lose that, it feels very bad. And then when someone, like a stranger, sees you and you feel like, oh, this person like really gets me. It's nice. I don't yeah. know. Maybe I'm just different where I'm just like, I don't give a shit what this stranger thinks. I know I'm cool. Maybe I'm crazy. No, I, I think you had this whole story and then got married to this person. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> I think you met someone, went to Quiznos, they met your parents that day, and then like a year later you like got married. So I mean, I mean, like, three years later we got married, sure. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> yeah. you dated that whole time. Tomatoes, like, tomatoes. There, there yeah, was yeah, no yeah. cheat. There was like no super crazy drama that no one actually wants to live through and stuff. But I mean, I don't know. Maybe, I mean, not not in that relationship and no, in no, previous no. Yeah, ones, yeah. sure. No, but, but I mean, you know. you know, you you've lived a love story, and it's I'm sure it, like some of these feelings came up as you were like falling in love with Jake. They're called love feelings. <laughs> I'm, I, here's the thing I, I care a lot for Jake That's wonderful If if Jake left me tomorrow I'd be sad Because I'd miss Jake 
but I don't feel like it's a referendum on me at all. Does that sound terrible? Where it's like, no, it doesn't sound terrible. It sounds really fucking healthy. (laughs) As two deeply insecure men who get on podcasts to feel better about themselves, we're highly offended. If if I had to be single again tomorrow, I'd survive. I'd be okay. I was single before. I could be single again. I'd survive it. And and I am cool and worth it as a person. Yeah, absolutely. Paige, you're like the healthiest one of us. Absolutely. How ironic. <laughs> this is nothing I've ever been told. I, Usually strangers on the internet yell at me to eat a salad, but not today. <laughs> to the surprise of no one who listens to this podcast, Paige, you are the most sane. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. But anyway, so like this brings me to my next question, because for me... It doesn't matter if they meet up in six months. I feel like they still got something out of this experience for them uh, and not like just like getting laid or whatever. I mean, like they both realize that they are valuable, very uh, desirable people. Right. Mm. But do you think they met up in six months? I hope so, because they promised and promises are promises. I think because they did not keep in contact in the intervening six months that it's probably not a good idea. That they meet up in six months because they don't actually know each other. They've just spent 24 hours talking and six months from now, they'll just spend another 24 hours talking. And I don't necessarily see the point in investing that much more time in someone that you're not actually going to get to know. Time and a shitload of money for him to get over. I have numbers. Yeah, I thought the whole thing where they weren't going to like call her right. But especially after they meet, like they agree and promise to meet up. I was like. If that's the case, just admit that you want to see where this goes and try it. There's no shame and in see, that. And that's a different thing. If you're if you're going to see where this goes and try and write and be long distance, that's different for me. But that's not what they do. No. no. They're going to have no contact and then see each other in six months. And I'm like, this is just going to hurt you again. Yeah, I think what they do is insane. Yeah, it's going to yes. hurt you to go home and, and to not see this person and not follow this through. Yeah. And then when you meet them again in six months, It's just another version of this day, unless you're going to, at that point, decide that you are going to keep in contact and make things work because you have no way to contact them in those six months. Right. Yeah. I mean, so listen, like I know what happens because I've seen the other two movies. I don't think you guys have. I don't want you to tell me. And I'm not going to tell you. And I'm sure we'll do the other movies at some point, but don't look into it. I don't think they met up. I don't think they met up. I think the sequels are further away but i definitely don't think they met up in the six months the sequels are definitely further away they're nine years apart and like they they were released nine years apart each of them so Mm -hmm. but i mean we we can talk about that when we do the next movie okay (laughs) in nine years perfect put it on the calendar (laughs) but no the fact that at the end there he's like i think we should see each other again or stay in contact and she's like i've been thinking it the whole time like this just tells me you guys are not communicating well. I know, like, <laughs> already. Honestly, that relationship would not have worked because they're not no. great communicators. If, here's me. I would be like, we need to talk every day. <laughs> so, okay, no, no, no joke. Like, if this experience happened to me, I was on a train, I met a woman, and then I was flying home, and but we were going to spend 24 hours together, and if I knew I was interested in her enough to sleep with her later that night... Like, I would have, like, by an hour in, been like, before you do anything else, I need your phone number and your address. Yeah. Just in case. <laughs> the address? Yeah. I want a- every way to get a hold yeah, of her. Yeah, I mean, that's And true. if I was him and I went back, my next, nut, like, call would have been to fucking French information, French 411, or Googling the school she goes to. Hey, and hey, just, hey, how can we help you? <laughs> and just calling. <laughs> And just calling and asking to speak with her, like trying to get a hold of her, like writing right. the school or like doing whatever I could to get a hold of her, you know? Would right. you like some escargot? <laughs> 
Wow. Mikey, I honestly never want you to stop your French impression. Whoa. Have you heard about the Maginot Line? Do you know about the Maginot Line? Yes, I do. It's the reason the Nazis had such an easy time taking over France. Anyway. I, I know. <laughs> so, do we still think they're together, though? Absolutely not. Right. Okay. No. All right. I, I don't know what happens in the sequels. I'm going to pretend they don't exist and say, if I just watched this film, I would say absolutely not. Well, that's in the spirit of the question. That is what you do. I mean, the, mm -hmm. the other movies... Yeah. Obviously answer that question And we'll get to those When we get there But I'll, I'll be real with you Based on this movie I don't even think They come back in six months Yeah yeah And I honestly think I, I don't think it needs to, to For it to be a good movie In my mind You know I don't need for them To stay together And get married And have kids Or whatever happens In the sequels He should have pulled A Han Solo And been like Let's not meet in six months <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna be real with you Even if all of that Did happen Todd it Still doesn't make it A good movie <laughs> I still I still love this movie page and I but I fully agree with everything you've said still love it I will never sit through this again <laughs> this is your horror virgin like podcast yeah this specific much. type of romantic movie is like your horror version. yes yeah it's my kryptonite <laughs> all right so Paige, do you have some fun facts for us i do so a one month year rail pass is about six hundred dollars today but it would have been closer to three hundred dollars in 1994 accounting for inflation uh, at the same time, flights from Austria to the U.S. one way is approximately 600 bucks right now, pandemic prices. So that's pretty um, cheap for what they usually are, right? That's pretty cheap. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, usually it's a little closer to 1000 yeah. but I'm going to go with 600 because, you know. Sure, sure, sure. But with inflation, it's almost exactly the same price as the Eurail Pass, except that the cost of flights over time with the benefit of technology and the normalization of flying means that the cost of flights have trended downward by 17% over the last 20 years, <laughs> making the flight about about 60 bucks more than the Eurail pass. So yeah. oh. essentially, he got the cheapest flight and then had to pay almost exactly the same amount to dick around Europe for a couple weeks. That I mean, that checks out narratively because he does admit later on that he just didn't want to go home yet, so he was just looking for shit to do for a few weeks. Mm -hmm. Which I get. And I, I mean, I could think of worse ways to spend two weeks by yourself than seeing whatever city you feel like, you know, yeah. in Europe. Absolutely. Uh, the couple arguing in the opening train sequence in German are accusing each other of being alcoholics. <laughs> yes. Thank you. It's thank not you subtitled, that but that, that's what it is. That's amazing. Uh, they, when writing this film, assumed that they would always see each other again, e even given the ending. Wow. Okay. Wow. And both Julie Delpy, another one of the, there's another female screenwriter that worked on this, Richard Linklater and Ethan Hawke all contributed to dialogue for this film. But oh. Julie Del Delpy and Ethan Hawke are not credited. They are credited on the sequels um, as contributing writers. I actually know because I've read articles about this trilogy that they actually came in for the second and third one and yep. helped shape where the story went, not just dialogue. And the first mm -hmm. one is actually based on an experience the director had. And that's why they didn't get that credit for that movie. The first one. Right. Because they weren't involved with the overall story. Yeah. Kim Krizan is the, the other female screenwriter. Okay. So the origin story uh, that inspired the movie is based on an encounter in 1989 that Richard Linklater had with a woman in Philadelphia where they basically spent the whole day together and then never spoke again. Oh. And it wasn't until 2013 that he found out that she passed away before the movie came out. What? So she oh. never saw Before Sunrise, the movie that's essentially about her. And so Before Midnight is dedicated to her. No shit. Mm -hmm. That is so sad. He should have met up with her six months later. I know. 
There you go. Wow. Oh, my God. These facts aren't fun at all. Well, now I'm super bummed out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's kind of why I looked up the money fun facts, because otherwise there, there's not a ton of fun facts about this movie. Oh, man. Aside from the fact that they do film on location and it's not improv. It's, it's all written. Yeah. But yeah, those are your very sad fun facts. I'm wow. Sorry. Okay. That's so sad. I mean, did they have a romantic connection or was it just about a woman he met on a train? Like, did No, it was like a it was like a romantic connection. It was basically like the movie. Oh, okay. So it wasn't just like an impetus that like led to all of this. It yeah. actually like was a romantic connection. Fuck, that's so sad. It was sad. a romantic connection. They never reconnected. Oh my god. And he wrote the movie. And he had her name and everything, but didn't find out till 2013 that she passed away right before the first movie came out. That's so sad. All right. So let's talk some box office. So what do you think the production budget for Before Sunrise was? And this came out in 95. I want to say this is like three million. Ooh, that's what I was going to say. Okay. I mean, that's a very good guess. It's just two main actors, really. And then I'd imagine the expensive stuff are the locations. The locations. Yeah, because they were... On a tour of Vienna, right? Right. Um, so it was $2.5 million. Nice. Was oh, the yeah. budget for this movie. It came out January 27th, 1995, and was 11th the weekend it came out. It was beat by Legends of the Fall. Ooh. That's a good movie. Which is yeah. probably a movie we're going to do at some point. Highlander, The Final Destination, was uh, your also number two movie, movie that weekend. Mm-hmm. Dumb and Dumber, Nobody's Fool, and higher learning that was your top five that week but okay so get this all of those movies were at least a thousand theaters pulp fiction that was 12th so one place behind before sunrise was in 873 theaters before sunrise was only in 363 yeah if you go by per theater average which you never should it would have been the number one movie that weekend right yeah which honestly that does not mean if it was in all those theaters it would have been the number one movie but where it was people went to see it i think this movie had a ton of buzz back then it was like the indie darling i mean ethan hawk was already a name at this point yeah. you know he had already done dead poet society come on yeah yeah yeah. yeah. fucking love that movie okay so what do you think it went on to make and i'm just gonna do worldwide because it did get an international release but it wasn't that much but what do you think it made worldwide and then i'll break it down five million okay i'm gonna Mikey? say ten all right, Paige is much closer. It made $5.2 million domestically, 400000 internationally, for a total of $5.6 million. Nice. So it made its budget back. It did really well in, like, video on demand and all that stuff after the fact, and I'm at Blockbuster, I'm sure. So I'm sure they made mm-hmm. quite a bit of money. They made two sequels that have each made more and more money. So it obviously mm-hmm. it made money, so they kept making more. And honestly... If they continue the nine-year trend, we'll get another one 2022. Mm. I don't know if there's any plan for that, but that would be every nine years. Time for another conversation. So that is your box office. So this week I made you watch Before Sunrise. Paige, I believe it's your turn. So what are you making us watch next week? All right, everybody. So we said we were going to do a different movie than we were going to do, and we will probably do that movie later. So I'm going to scrub that out of the episode But we are changing next week's episode to Never Been Kissed, which I honestly don't know anything about. But Paige says it's bonkers. So your homework for next week is to decide on a movie to watch and then at the last minute, change your mind and watch Never Been Kissed and then tune in next week to hear what we thought about it. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Mm. 
I'm assuming by that inaudible grunt, that's a no. So let me tell you how you can have your review read on the podcast while Mikey gets one for us to read. And that is simply to leave us a five-star text review on Apple iTunes. And Mikey will read it on the podcast, possibly in his French and or WWE goatee accent. <laughs> Somebody did say they want one on the Macho Man. Oh, voice. yeah? Um, try, I try not to read your, A lot of our reviews are like, do this movie. And I don't like that. Here's one from <laughs> Vector. All right. So what does Vector say? Title of the review, a smash hit, dot, dot, dot. Oh. Ladies. Ladies. I love it. Ladies. Wiggy face emoji. Uh, they say, I don't write many reviews for podcasts. Okay. <laughs> Long time reader, first time writer. <laughs> <laughs> but I felt this show more than deserves one, which is sweet. Oh, thank you so much. That's very kind. It's so hilarious. Paige, Todd, and Mikey work so well together. It's almost like hanging out with friends once a week. Twi- twi- <laughs> twice a week. Listen to Horror Version. Twice a week. Come on now. <laughs> Come on. Lock it up, Vector. Thursday <laughs> Thursday mornings go by so fast while I listen during work. I also feel like this podcast and Horror Version need more Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Same. Hardcore agree, my friend. Hardcore yeah, agree. Yeah. Get that 666 pack up in here. <laughs> <Oof>. Yeah. <laughs> Deadpool is one of my favorite romantic comedies, and I hope it gets discussed <laughs> one day on the show. <laughs> I mean, I'm gay. That is a debate. I think That's that is a stretch. A that is a stretch. I'm gay. Although, great. I would say if we can argue that Scott Pilgrim is a romantic comedy, then maybe. If we can argue Angus is a romantic comedy, yeah, Daredevil's definitely a romantic comedy. Deadpool, not Daredevil. <laughs> Sorry, Deadpool. Yeah. Sorry, Deadpool's a romantic comedy. Daredevil's do, very different. Yeah. Let's do Daredevil. Let's just do let's the not. Ben Affleck Daredevil. Between him and Elektra, are, do you think those crazy kids are going to figure it out? <laughs> do, you think, do you think they make it? <laughs> is that the whole? Is that the whole review? Oh yeah, five stars. Well, awesome! Thank <laughs> you so much, Vector, for that five star review. And if you want to have Mikey read your review, leave us a review. Yay! Yay. So, um, yeah, guys, if you like this power thruple that we have here on this podcast, make sure to check out our other podcast, The Horror Virgin, and that is the only other podcast that Mikey and I are on. But Paige gets around, and she is on two other podcasts. Black Card Rehab and Cult Podcast. So guys, definitely check out those because they're amazing. If you want to follow us on social, we are at Romancing the Pod Show. Yes. On yes. Instagram. And we are at something else on Twitter who I just have never taken the time to learn. It's, it. it's just Romancing Pod Show because they have a character oh. limit and it's show SHO like Showtime. So guys, check that out as well. And if you want to follow us all individually, pages at Rampage Wesley everywhere, including TikTok, except for Twitter, where she is at Paige Wesley. Mikey is at M Randolph 24, and I am at Todd J Awesome everywhere. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. That's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm Todd. And you complete us. <laughs> to completion. Toodle pip. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was him getting to completion. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to meet up in six months? I do, Mikey. No. I do. <laughs> Mikey, honestly, if we were like, meet me at the Parthenon in six months, like early in the pandemic, I'd have met you. I'd have met you at the Parthenon, Mikey. I, I wish it, I knew how to quit you. 